Welcome everybody to episode 130 of the Startup Show. Today I'm talking to Dr. Oliver Marchand, who is the CEO and co-founder of Carbon Delta. We talk about climate change, the business opportunity of climate change, and how to get investors for your startup. Make sure to stay tuned. Welcome to episode 130 of the Startup Show. Today we are here in Zurich and I'm very excited to talk to the CEO and co-founder of Carbon Delta, Oliver. Welcome to the show. Thank you. It's my first time on a show like this. Really? I'm yeah, really yeah. excited. I'm happy to be <laughs> yeah. the premiere for you, a first timer. Uh, I have to tell you, honestly, there are many, many startups. It's the first time. So don't yeah, worry, yeah. you're in good company. Yeah, yeah. We did some research. Uh, we spoke to a couple of people. I just figured out it was your brother that helped us out with. So thank you very much to Theo for helping us out with some information. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but give us um, a short introduction about yourself to start off this interview. Well, I think as many entrepreneurs, I have many interests. Um uh, I started out my great career as someone selling ice cream. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I uh, love computers. Basically, since uh, you know my early childhood, I've worked with computers. Uh, I find them very uh, fascinating. I'm a father. I have two uh, wonderful children, uh, the 13 and 15, and um, of course, they're a big part of my life. I love challenges, so I'm also um, a hobby triathlete, so, okay. so I love that. And maybe uh, one of my more peculiar hobbies is uh, solar cooking. Um, solar cooking. Solar cooking. Okay. And that is cooking with the sun. Okay. And that actually, <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, 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 it's a little bit funny that that isn't as widespread as people would think because even in uh, Zurich here, which is, isn't known as the hottest region in the world, um, you can actually cook with the sun. Mm-hmm. So my wife and I, we have cooked, um, I would think um, this year already over 100 meals with the sun, uh, there are multiple devices to do that, you know, with like mirrors and stuff, and they there's a focal point, and you can then cook with sure. the sun. So I think that goes a little bit back to my, let's say, uh, somewhat environmental, uh, you know, attitude that, sure. that I love this kind of solar stuff, sure. obviously. Now, your brother told me that you, um, back in the days, you were a comedian. That's right, <laughs> yes. And, and that's, it's great to be on a show because um, actually, you know, the funny thing is, and I, uh, I don't think about it that much now, but at the time we were uh, four students from high school. We formed this group called Comedy Crocodiles. Yes. And um, I mean, it was a fun time. Uh, around five years, we had toured around Germany, did around 250 shows. And I was at the time very interested in juggling and well, in the end, two of these guys, two of these four guys became really super popular uh, comedians in Germany. You know, I would say in the top 10. So every once in a while when people hear about that, um, then, uh, you know, they ask me, why, why didn't you become a comedian? Isn't that like a better career than a computer scientist? And I said, yeah, in a way, uh, you know, I, I do envy the guys a little bit for, you know, you know, being able to do this great stuff. But now... I'm the one that's on the startup show. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And they can't do that. <laughs> Thank you so much. I'll yeah. pay you later for that one. But, um, anyhow, but I'm sure like comedy helps you probably also in your career today. I mean, like, so seriousness in, in the startup environment world, so sometimes they have a little bit of a good joke. I think it is. Yes. I think especially, I mean, when you but work with... a serious with, note. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I think it's really true. Um, although I don't think it's necessary to, to have done comedy to, to have these qualities. My, my colleagues, uh, David and Anya, who are also... Um, you know, very uh, active on the client side. Um, they, you know, I think they equally equally well 
present in front of clients. But I do think, for example, uh, presenting in front of 200 potential in investors, if you've never done it, you might be quite anxious to do that. And I just don't have that because I have done it many, many, many times. Sure. So, yeah. Good. Fascinating background. But let's get into Carbon Delta yes. and explain my audience in a few sentences what you guys do. We're in a B2B business, meaning you know that we sell to financial institutions uh, across the world. Yeah. And it's a it's it's not a very consumer-driven product, so it's a little bit difficult to explain, but let me try to do it as simple as possible. I think you're very well aware that um, for example, Hurricane Harvey in fall last year, you know, created devastating damage. It was actually the costliest disaster in US history ever. And the interesting point is that many people think that that is only something that affects people in Houston. But it's actually not true. It affects all of us, and it affects all of us financially. And the reason is because our pension funds, they're actually invested globally. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to ask you a rhetorical question, and that is, would you want your pension fund manager to look at these climate change-induced risks into the future when managing your money? Yes. Of course you would. And that's why the question is rhetorical. Yes. And then the question would be, where would that pension fund manager go to look for information? And the shocking thing is that if they go into, let's say, a Bloomberg or Reuters terminal, they don't find any information. Mm -hmm. And that's because this topic is very new, because managing and analyzing these risks is very complicated. And Carbon Delta is now the company that has the most comprehensive model to manage these risks specifically for portfolio managers. Sure. And that's what we do. We basically provide them with the underlying data that you need for this kind of risk management. Sure, sure. So, I so hope that explains it. Yes, so, but, <laughs> but let's crack it down a little bit more. Like, yeah. What data do you provide? What does a portfolio manager see when he says, like, I'm accessing uh, your portal or your portfolio? Yes. Our product is called Climate Value at Risk, and it really looks at what percentage of your holdings, let's say, for example, you're investing into an American utility company. And the big question is, if, for example, the Paris Agreement is fully implemented, would that uh, company's share price drop in value and how much? And that's what we really compute. We look at uh, what would they have to pay for their emission reduction requirements mm -hmm. under the Paris Agreement and how would that affect the stock price? And it's a percentage number, meaning uh, this company, we see it at minus 10%, this company, we see it at minus 50%, and this company we see it would die minus 100%. That actually happens in our model. And we also obviously have companies in our model that would actually benefit from mm -hmm. climate change. Um, not that climate change is a good thing, but the economic impact is not distributed equally. So some companies, like for example, companies that are in electromobility would obviously in a way benefit from the low carbon transition. When you say like, data. Where do you get this data from? What's available online? How much do you gather? I guess you're not going physically anywhere to find this data. Yeah, I, I, I don't visit the Tesla <laughs> production plants to uh, get my own view on how it's sure. going uh, uh, over there. No, um, I mean, we, we actually we use a number of data sources. It's, it's around 50 to 80. Um, it's really uh, data sources that we have. It's really a big data project. And so it spans from a partnership that we have with uh, FactSet, 
that is one of these uh, big financial data providers. We have a close collaboration with the Potsdam Institute. Mm -hmm. It's one of the most respected climate research institutes in the world. It's uh, in Potsdam near Berlin. We gather a lot of data ourselves. We actually do data mining. We, we have a number of machines that just uh, walk through the internet and, and search for data. And actually, there's a lot of free data on the internet. If you want to know um, Switzerland's commitment to the uh, Paris Agreement, you can just go online and you can find it. So, a uh, number uh, of sources. I mean, you know, like it's a very niche market. I mean, like, uh, it seems to be very, like, I was very surprised. And yes. what, what inspired you to do that? Well, I think it's uh, my background, actually. So on the one hand, in computer science, I've always worked in meteorology. So for about 15 years, I worked for weather services, the German weather service, Swiss weather service. I, for example, developed a thunderstorm warning system for, for Switzerland. Mm -hmm. And that, that just, I think, is my connection to atmospheric science. Yeah. So I've watched the climate change debate since 1992. Mm -hmm. That's been a, a long, long time. I also worked in finance. Uh, for about 10 years, I led Fish Asset Management's IT department. Um, I had a team of about 12 to 15 software engineers that were building a portfolio management system. And I saw that these uh, first CO2 numbers started popping up in Bloomberg terminals. So I thought, sadly enough, climate change is not a short-term uh, trend but it's really a long-term challenge that we're facing. So I was thinking uh, that that's from a commercial perspective, that's good, you know, that, that, that we have something that is going to be a topic for a long time. But of course, I mean, for us as people, it's not so great. But I immediately saw that CO2 is not the only aspect you need to analyze when sure. looking at climate change. So I thought, uh, you know, when you see something, where you're like, I'm so certain this is a trend. And if you think you know the solution and that you have some, that you're really anticipating something that others might not. I told my wife one evening, uh, you know, I'm thinking about starting this this kind of climate change company. And she was like, yeah, why not? I just seized the opportunity. You know, three <laughs> weeks early. later, I quit my job. Yeah. Okay, cool, cool. I mean, like when you look at, let's say, um, what you achieved so far, what's, what's next on the roadmap for you? Well, I think it's, it's very normal, like in any other startup, right? You go through these phases. So we're now in, like, a, let's say, a, a second market entry phase. We've had some very good contracts with uh, big financial institutions, including, you know, Swiss Re, Allianz, uh, AXA, um, some of the biggest names. So um, I think we've proven that our product, you know, has some interest in the market. Yeah. And now I think it's phase two, maybe, of this market entry where, uh, we need to extend our client base, improve our product, scale the company internally uh, with more people, uh, processes, and so on. Sure. Have you considered making a fund your own, on your own, like looking at this data and then like investing accordingly? Yes, 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 certainly, yeah. Yeah, we're actually in the process of doing that. We just recently sort of back-tested our data, which is the process of taking the principle back, um, in our case, five years, and to look at what would have happened if we would have invested according to our predictions. And it looks very, very good. Um, we, we see considerable outperformance against the uh, typical major indices. So actually a number of people in our company said, yeah, why why not? You know, why, why not invest our own money in that way? And we're in the process of setting sure. that up. When you go um, on your website, there is a long list of awards. Yes. Um, what was, let's say, the most significant one that you say, like, this really helped us uh, on our journey so far. 
Well, I would say um, we we were lucky to win the Climate Kick. Climate Kick is a EU-funded organization, mm-hmm. best European climate startup award. Right. And for us, that was really, let's say, the the, the biggest honor. Um, and and mainly because it was European wide, because it was specific on climate. There were around 300 startups um, competing for this award, and I think it generated the the biggest, let's say, uh, outreach. That announcement and also um, the money we won was also quite considerable. Sure. So that was that really helped, and and it's, I mean I think that was like the major boost in confidence sure. also for sure. the team. I saw about something about the United Nations, also something that like uh, I think I recently saw some kind of press release. And you you raised your Series A. It's a very exciting moment um, in the stage of your company. What does it mean for you, like these two steps? Well, this is really, in a way, uh, for me, that's Carbon Delta 3.0. Yes. You know, it went from uh, Carbon Delta 1, uh, David, Elke, and I, you know, just thinking about, you know, what are we doing? Then maybe stage two, we really had our product. We worked with AXA, had this, you know, big, big, big um, uh, consulting job with them. Then now it's really stage stage three. Yeah, it's, um, I mean, we're very excited and we're very happy. And, and you know, if you just look at these announcements, then it, it all looks very rosy, but, but I have to be honest, it's also a huge challenge. We, sure. we do see, um, I mean, we really want to build a very cool company. Um, we want to build the best climate change uh, risk management tool that exists uh, globally and, and want to have some sort of um, global standard positioning here. And uh, yeah, that's why we still see that we, we're going uphill. Sure, yeah. that's great. No, it's great. It's very cool. Um, one last question. Um, I saw um, you have two investors. One is the Tsekobe and, yeah. and Sictic. Yes. How is it, the interaction with them? How has your experience been like through that fundraising round? Well, I think it was really great. We discussed with a number of uh, VC funds before we contacted them. I think talking to VC funds was a little bit difficult. I think one of the reasons, I don't know if this is true, but my my impression was that VC funds had sort of trouble seeing uh, climate change as a business opportunity. And I think it's, it's, it's merely a, a psychological thing that we all consider climate change as something, ah, it's going to hurt the economy and it's going to hurt growth and so on. So I think they had trouble depicting our company as, a, as an opportunity to their investors. Then we were invited uh, to pitch at SIGTIC and then from then on, I think it just went through. And I think it's it mostly related to the fact that SIGTIC is, is very, very well organized. It's really a great organization. ZKB uh, likes, I think, working with them. And we had some previous contact to ZKB uh, before this investment idea and and so it was a perfect match. Sure. Well, what's your impression of the local ecosystem, the startup ecosystem? Overall, it's it's great because this whole idea of a startup and the, the training you can get, the networking organizations, um, the peers that do the same, I mean, that is just tremendously growing. Yep. And, I, and I think that's great because it encourages a lot of people to do it. Although I would say Switzerland is, is kind of a, a somewhat hard place to, to start a company, I think, mainly because it's very, very expensive to employ yeah. people here. And it's extremely difficult to uh, employ people that are not uh, Swiss residents or EU residents. And so, um, yeah, a, there are some uh, downsides, I think, to uh, starting a, a company here as well. What's most important to you in an investor? 
I think it is trust. It's sort of stupid to say that, but I think without trust, you can't go through this, um, you know, process of negotiating, getting the deal uh, signed, uh, giving up equity, (laughs) and then, uh, you know, also trusting your investor that he's going to do the best for the company and you're doing the best for his money. What's your best tip to get an investor on board? My best tip is just to be smart about it and to really invest time and to understand the investor side of the story. There's enough material out there on the internet to explain to you how it works. Just work on it. Just don't think you can get a pitch deck assembled in one day. You need to continuously put effort into it. What traits do you look for when you hire someone? We mostly look at one thing, and that is, is this person capable to create something by him or herself? Meaning if we give that person a task, this creativity, this drive to create something that that we mostly look for. Right. And how do you test it? Like in one sentence? We, uh, We have a standardized process for that. We basically ask them to do something in our office for uh, half an hour and then we look at what what the result was. (laughs) In one sentence, what inspired you for entrepreneurship? Well, I think I'm that kind of person. Um, I just like doing things and creating them. What are some tips for balancing work and life? The only tip I have is have a family. I think if I wouldn't have a family that would tell me to get home early, to not work on the weekends, I think I would work 24 hours a day. And I think that there would be quite a risk of a maybe not uh, an immediate burnout, but I think uh, that tendency. And I, I just, for me, a family works well as <laughs> works, a counterbalance. For, for, for your advantage. Yeah, yeah. Very cool. Oliver, now um, is your moment. We have a lot of students watching this show also. Um, is your moment to give a little bit of your legacy to the next uh, yeah. generation, give some advice uh, where we can learn from you? Dear students, uh, <laughs> I work on climate change. It's one of the defining topics uh, of our future. I think entrepreneurship is a great way of um, getting into this topic and helping to overcome this challenge. So if you want to do that, if that's something uh, you're interested in and you know, overall, I think you should be thinking about about what you know the effect is of what you're working on if you agree with me then work on a social enterprise i think it's a great opportunity cool and uh, already thank you so much for being on the show today i really yeah, appreciate sure. it thank you very much everybody who stayed all the way till the end of this video thank you very much for your time i appreciate it have a great day